0: And welcome back to another edition of Champs Corner featuring Mark Jennings, the Alabama-centered podcast. You can find our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, and more. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. We will talk about the Alabama versus Texas A&M game, some Alabama recruits, and some general business ventures. First off, let me introduce my co-host and my good friend, Mark Jennings. Mark, how are you doing?
1: Drew, as always, I consider it an honor and a privilege to be in your accompaniment this evening to, to do this podcast again. You know, I tell you every week, it's a highlight of my week. I love doing it. I love doing the podcast. I really miss the times we weren't doing the podcast. The, the best thing about football season is really doing this podcast with you, and I'm glad to be here. Drew, how are you
0: doing? I'm doing great, and to let everybody know, I had a chance on Saturday to go to the Alabama versus Texas A&M game. Big win by Alabama yet again. They didn't quite hit fifty. It was forty-five to twenty-three. Uh, really hot, muggy day, but it was a great day for dipping and dots. And I did see several carts. And I obviously I've never met your associates in this business, Mark, and I, and I trust your judgment here. But it really seemed like business was booming. It's, I saw so many lines where. They just backed up you know from from the cart to the entrance into the state or ent- entrance into the portal. There was a family of four sitting next to me, and the mom and the dad took their two young boys and and I saw them have at least two dipping dots each throughout the day. So how did Saturday go for you
1: drew uh it, it went it went beyond my expectations, you know uh we've been planning for this day this is really our target day. Uh, Arkansas State we knew wasn 't going to be as highly attended as, as it was Saturday, and it really went all out. We were very blessed that it was very hot uh, outside in the stadium something that 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 my wife and Caden and I have been praying for and praying for extreme heat in the stadium to to lead people to the dipping dots and that 's what they did and it was very successful and, and we made a lot of money on saturday
0: that 's great to hear, and I never asked you this mark but uh... How many carts? I mean, there's a ton of carts there. It seemed like there was one at every portal. Do you have all of them or just a few of them?
1: Oh, yeah. We have all the carts. All, all of the them. carts are ours. So, we, uh, you know, we, that's why the logistics of the, of the situation are so complex and complicated. And, and there's so much strategy involved on where to put all the carts. Uh, so, all of those are ours, though. Yeah. Now, not okay. all the carts were equally profitable. You know, some did more than others. And we knew that going in, and we strategized for it. We had our best people on the most profitable carts, you know, uh, people that were relatively new to retail and and, and selling and in and food service. We put them on the, the carts that are going to be least profitable, you know. And we did it all by demographics and, and income based on where people were sitting in the stadium. Uh, we did all those things and all those studies, and, and it turned out it, it worked really well for us. Uh, honestly, I haven't been able to look too much into it because I've been busy breaking down film over the weekend, but I'm going to look later this week and see how we can make even make it even more profitable for the next run, see if there's some things we can fix, uh, talk about the flavors that we have out there, uh, and see what's going on there. But yeah, Drew is fantastic.
0: Yeah, uh, who are some of your business competitors out there? Is it Minute Maid, maybe?
1: Yeah, Minute Maid was out there. I don't like being next to Minute Maid because uh, of their fake orange juice. Um, it's not real orange juice. It's, it's fake. It's from concentrate. And so I don't like being next to them. I don't like being associated with that type of impure product compared to the purity of our dipping Dots. So that was a little disappointing. Um, I, I, it's come to my attention that even though I specifically requested not to be next to uh, the Minute Maid, it turns out that we were next to the Minute Maid. I just didn't notice it on Saturday. So we're going to look into that. Uh, I appreciate whoever it was on Twitter that pointed that out. I appreciate your interest in my business. Uh, let me know who you are and, and DM me. I, I'll be make sure to get you a free coupon for Dipping Dots on, on for the next home game. So thank you for that. But, yeah, I'm going to bring that up, Mr. Byrne, this week. We talk every week over the phone in a private conversation. And I'm going to make sure to bring that up that I, I talked to him. I talked to – well, I didn't talk to him directly about it, but I talked to the people with the university – about making sure we are away from or not near the minute maid people and their product, uh, and that didn't happen. So I'm going to take it to the top, and I'm going to see what he has to say about it, and see what we can do uh, to rectify that that situation from last week.
0: Yeah, I know. Obviously, your general manager Caden was probably running such a smooth operation. Uh, who any of his family members join him out there, that, or who are some of the he workers did, He did.
1: Drew. He got his. Uh, you know, he has a sister named Kaylee, who's uh, in high school, I believe. And his, his mom, Ruby, was there, and they were helping man the carts, and, and they turned out to be very trustworthy and very excellent workers. So they were there manning one of the booths. You might have seen them. If you see them next week, tell them hello. Uh, you know, I believe they listen to the podcast, and they're big fans, and, and, and they, they, you know, they're just social people, want to meet people. So if you see Kaylee or Ruby out there next time you go to a home game, tell them hello, and they'll be there,
0: and they'll be glad to talk to you. Is Kaylee's name spelling similar to that of Caden? Yeah, it's life? the
1: same way. It's that you know, you know how parents do this with their kids' names. They all make them kind of similar, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm, my son's name is Marcus. You know, I'm Marthy Marcus. Uh, Ruby's two two children are named Caden, and then Kaylee is spelled the same way as Caden. It's K A A Y L E Y. So it's spelled the same. It's very similarly with that K at the beginning and then the two A's, which can be tricky at first. But, uh, you know, I, we've got down pretty good over there.
0: So, you're, Yeah, you're just letting Caden handle the books there, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Caden's doing all the books, doing all the W-9s and making sure the payroll's all set. Uh, you know, we're paying people not for just the work, but their training, of course. And we're paying for their transportation up to Tuscaloosa for the football game. So, yeah, Caden's got all that taken care of.
0: And you guys went to the Troy game, I know. I I was not aware that they sold dip and Dots at Troy. Did y'all really actually have a license to do that down there during that first game, uh, week one, when it was their opener against Boise State?
1: I learned after the fact that we did not, in fact, have a license, which is why they made us leave early in the fourth quarter, and that was unexpected. But, uh, you know, it's Caden's – Caden's relatively new at selling stuff in stadiums. I don't think he realized he needed a license. And, and there wasn't a lot of security there to check for us. So we just put all the different Dot carts up there and I never ever asked any questions. It turns out you do need a license there. But we're going to get that fixed next time we go to Troy. I don't know when that's going to be, uh, but we're going to have that all taken care of.
0: That's great. Um, well, did you have a chance, Mark, to go to any uh, any high school games last Friday night?
1: I did. Sometimes I was in Tuscaloosa anyway. I went to the Thompson-Tuscaloosa County game. Uh, I didn't stay very long. I don't know if you ever been to Northport, Drew. Uh, it's not the safest area. It's kind of like Hoover, but Northport, the, the, the police and the deputy sheriffs up there, they're, they're pretty corrupt. And so uh, they're pretty crooked, and I don't trust them very much. And, and I only stayed for maybe five minutes, to be real honest with you. I didn't feel comfortable there. It wasn't a safe space for me.
0: I understand. Uh, well, Tua was there watching his brother. I saw a p- picture on Twitter of him with a couple of uh, armed security guards, it seemed, and some more security detail. Did you see Tua?
1: I saw Tua. I talked to him for a couple of minutes. He remembered me from when I went to Hawaii when he was there to see him play. So we got to catch up for a bit. Not very long, though. But, yeah, I did
0: see him. The security originally
1: tried to keep me away from him. He recognized me and waved me over.
0: That's good to hear, Mark. Uh Obviously, and maybe you've seen the film of it, but Talia Tungvaloa, uh Thompson beats Tuscaloosa County 35-0. Talia 25 of 48 passes for 350 yards and two touchdowns. Also scores on a two-yard run. This is per uh, al.com and Tangovaloa more than 2,000 yards in the first five games. I actually spoke part of the Tuscaloosa News. I had a chance myself to go over to. Spain Park and watched Hewitt Trustville with several Alabama commits. So we talked about last week. We mentioned all their comparisons. They just demolished Spain Park. I think it was 45 to 7 or 7. I think it was 45 to 6. Spain Park's a little undermanned. Paul Tyson looked pretty good. He was about 18 to 22 or so, 229 yards. This is me trying to remember the stats. Uh, threw a couple of touchdown passes to DeZalen Worsham, had about 7 catches, 100 or so yards. Pierce Quick, uh, you know, he's a very mean-looking offensive tackle. Very nice kid off the field, um, but he does have a nasty streak on the field, and that's what you like to see. And then Malachi Moore at at a cornerback, you know, Spain Park just could not get anything going through the air. Um, Jay Barker's kid, Harrison, actually came in on the second series after the starter threw an interception in the end zone. So, uh, Mark, I'm not sure if I saw Jay or not. Do you know if he was at the game? I thought
1: you were going to find that out for me.
0: I just I wasn't really sure. I kept looking and looking, and I saw so many men there wearing ball caps, but uh, I could not find Jay. Maybe he was in the stands. Maybe he doesn't stand on the sideline during the games. Maybe not. He
1: might have had some security guards with him. Did you look for those?
0: I don't think I saw too many security guards there, but maybe uh, maybe he did have. Maybe he had his own seat in the press box. Who knows?
1: That might have been, that might have been it.
0: Yeah, He's well, one of those
1: guys that 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 thinks he needs like a whole lot of protection and security, but he really doesn't. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to go into that today.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think Alabama fans will be interested to see that. I, I saw Chris Stewart there, and Chris Stewart and Tyler Watts did the My 68 game of the week. It was the first time I had seen Chris since he had uh, his stroke in April, and so it was really good to catch up with him. He said he's basically he's going to be full go for basketball season. He is still doing his Alabama football duties he drove last week after his game to Oxford in the middle of the night so he just looks good as new I think his wife uh, sometimes gets a little worried and understandably with how how hard he works uh, to be among the best uh, in the business you know in his business I think he is the best to be honest with you but uh, Mark are you and Chris Stewart are y'all tight
1: yeah we've known each other for a long time back uh, and I've known from the Central Park Christian days so we're good friends you know uh, I'm glad to see he's fully recovered. Uh, you know, and I, I don't blame his wife for worrying. I worry about him too sometimes. You know, I tell him that he's probably slowed down and not do as much, but, you know, he's a workaholic and he wants to do a good job. And as you said, you know, he's, he's want might be the best out there. So I'm happy that he's back and I'm glad you got to see him on Saturday.
0: Absolutely. So, Alabama, with its, we'll get to the game itself. They did have three official visitors and uh, several big time recruits there. You know, Clay Webb, I believe, was there. Uh, George Pickens, the Auburn commit. Alabama is really pushing for him. Uh, but this is per Bama Online three official visitors. Kavon Thibodeau, the five star weak side defensive end from Thousand Oaks, California. Number one overall recruit in the country. Wandell Robinson, a forced all our purpose back from Western Hills, Kentucky. Marcus Banks a four-star high school a four-star cornerback from uh, Spring Texas to Caney High he's actually committed to LSU. Let's talk about these these uh, players Mark, is Thibodeau, in your opinion is he worthy of his five-star number 1 overall recruit ranking?
1: I think so. You know, I don't like putting my rankings out there until the season's over. I think it's pretty silly to have rankings out before guys even play their their last year of high school. But he's up there. I think, you know, as of right now, he's up there. I don't know if I'd have him number one overall, but I think he's probably the best defensive lineman in his class for sure. Uh, I like him a lot, Drew. You know, I always talk about how location, how important that is. This might be the exception to the rule. You know, uh, he has top schools of USC and Oregon, for instance, but they're not very stable right now. Uh, USC is just a mess. Oregon has a new coach. Uh, and and he's a guy who really doesn't have a problem with going across the country to play college football. So uh, I think Alabama's got a good shot this kid. I wouldn't predict him to Alabama at this point. Uh, but, yeah, he's a fantastic
0: player. Does he remind you of anybody in particular when you break down his film?
1: He does, Drew. I'm glad you asked me that question. He reminds me of a guy out of Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, played college ball at Wisconsin, went on, and I believe he's still in the NFL. I'm not sure, but as soon as I saw this kid play, I said he's going to be an all-pro defensive line in the NFL as soon as I saw him in high school. A guy by the name of J.J. Watt. Drew, do you remember J.J. Watt? Uh,
0: Yeah, I believe he's still with the Texans, and he's made a few NFL Pro Bowls here and there. That J.J. Watt?
1: Yeah, so now you mentioned that, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's completely unsurprising to me. He's a guy that just burst off the film when he watched him play, and he knew immediately that guy was going to be an NFL star as soon as he saw him play. So that's not surprising to me at all. It's something I predicted as soon as I saw him, and I'm glad to see he's doing well. Kayvon Thibodeau jumps off the film the same way J.J. Watt did, and he's a fantastic player like J.J. Watt does, and if he, he's going to go to the NFL and have the same type of success that J.J. J. Watt has.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think this was the second of five official visits. How about Wandale Robinson? You know, you look at Alabama's uh, running back board, and they've got Keelan Robinson out of uh, St. John's College Prep committed. Really, you said a couple weeks ago that Alabama is going to get Trey Sanders. Where does Wandale Robinson fit in here?
1: Well, it's going to be tough. Uh, He's a very talented player. I don't think Alabama has room for him because of the guys you mentioned. Uh, you know, throwing Trey Sanders, I think, is probably going to end up committing to Alabama. I don't see Alabama taking three running backs in this class. I think he'll end up at a place like Purdue or a place like Nebraska in the Big Eight. So, I think he's going to end up there. He's that type of player. I think he'll be a successful college player, but on Alabama's board right now, I don't see him at the top two, and, and I, I don't think he'll end up going to Alabama just for, for room.
0: The a comparison for him that you can share with the listeners
1: I do drew do uh, you remember a guy he's originally out of Elkins, West Virginia, moved to Florida when he was a kid, went to Venice High School in Florida, had some major success in playing Florida high school football, uh, spurned Steve Spurrier when he was at u f to go to Auburn, had some pretty successful years at Auburn. a guy by the name of Trey Smith, drew, do you remember Trey Smith?
0: Yeah, the name the name rings a bell. Uh wasn't there a pretty good game he had in the Iron Bowl back in the early part of last decade maybe? He did. You know, you look back at that
1: Iron Bowl, I believe it was 2002, he put in a really heroic performance, very brave uh to go in there as, as double-digit underdogs and Auburn came out of the win. And a lot of that had to do with his performance and and it was really one of the best performances in an Auburn Alabama game you're ever going to see. And and it, it just a uh, A player who, uh, he's not going to go in the NFL and turn into Bo Jackson or something. He's a guy, you have him on your team, he's going to help you win some games. And and that's why I think that that I think Wondell Robinson compares to Trey Smith. You know, back to that game, I just get chill bumps thinking about how effectively he ran the ball in that game. And not a lot of people gave Auburn a chance to win, but they came in and really put the screws to Alabama and really got taken care of and really... You know, I believe they won by 10 or so, but it really wasn't even that close. So uh, it was a fantastic performance by Trey Smith. And I think Wandell Robinson is going to have a couple of games in his career like that uh, and have that type of success.
0: Yeah, it was a big game. I think he topped 100 yards. He was your third string running back at the time. But let's, let's move on to the next recruit, Marcus Banks out of uh, DeCaney High School. What's uh, what, What's your intuition on him? Six feet tall,
1: 170 pounds. I think he's currently committed to LSU right now. I think he's going to stick with that. He has pretty good ball skills. Uh, Decent speed back there. Uh, I like to see some things I like him to work on in his senior year so he can get better. But to be real honest with you, Drew, I don't think he's going to flip. And until he flips, or until I think he's going to flip, I'm not going to make any comparisons about him. So uh, he's a good player, but I think he's going to stick with his LSU commitment.
0: All right. Uh, That's that's three pretty good prospects coming in for Alabama. And they'll have some bigger games, you know, later in the year. But they had some guys, you know, a lot of their commits like Pierce Quick, Amari Kite, Paul Tyson, Brandon Turnage, Justin Nibogbe, King Wakuda. Uh, So many recruits there, you know, five-star 2020 recruit, uh, cornerback Dwight McLaughlin. This is all for Bama online. Roydell Williams is a 2024-star recruit who's really good out of Hewittville. Uh Jaquincy McKinstry was supposed to be there, the 2021 four-star out of Pinson Valley. So let's talk a little bit about this game, Mark. And uh, you know, it was really weird at the end of Nick Saban's press conference, and he talked about, yeah, they did some good things, all all this, but um he he also said that you know there he wasn't very happy with a lot of the things. That they did. So is this 45:23? I know you've watched the film of this. Maybe on mute, not hearing uh, Brad Nestler and Gary Danielson. But did the score was that about what you thought it should have been?
1: Well, you know, first things first. I'm glad, brother. I did watch the game on mute. No, no offense to to Gary Danielson, who I've known for decades uh, and is a good friend. But uh, I did watch the game on mute. Uh, you know, I think the you know I think Coach Saban's right. It should have been bigger uh, a bigger blowout than it was. You know, you look at uh, a couple of long runs by the quarterback Kellen Mond from some bad contains. You get some poor run blocking on the interior. I'm concerned if I'm an Alabama fan, and I'm not. I'm just a neutral observer. I'm concerned about how the offensive line hasn't really improved. Very much over the past over the first month. That's that's a concern for me. Uh, you know, special teams. The punting was poor. You know, you got Thomas Fletcher, maybe the best long snapper in history back there. He's snapping the ball and you're kind of wasting all those you know Hall of Fame snaps because you got a punter who doesn't know. You know, it, it, when you watch a punt, it's almost like he's not sure what he's going to do when he catches the ball. You know, a couple of times he took a couple of steps to the right like he was going to rub you punt it, but then he tried to make it a standard punt, ended up shaking it. Uh, there's some things that Alabama needs to work on, I think, because they're going to play some teams who have that same type of dynamic quarterback that Texas A&M has, and, but with much better defenses. And, you know, you're not going to be able to guarantee to score 50 points or 45 points every game. So as even as good as the offense is, you know, at some point you're going to have to have your defense make a stop if you want to win a national championship and you're going to have to win the field position battle. So that's some things I'd, I'd definitely be concerned with if I'm an Alabama fan right now.
0: Yeah, Alabama outgains Texas A&M 524 to 393, but a lot of this was through the air. Tua Tungavailoa was dynamic, you know. Uh Alabama throws for 415 yards, but Tua throws for uh 387 yards, 22 of 30 passing, and also threw four touchdowns, run ran for a score. He threw touchdowns on Alabama's first play, the offensive play of the game to DeVonte Smith 30 yards out. That was after a Mac Wilson interception. Runs for a score, and then they start trading. Uh, Texas and m getting field goals, Alabama touchdowns. Throws a couple of second quarter touchdowns to Hale Hinges, and then gets Henry Ruggs on a little toss. That Henry Ruggs the third did most of the work on that at a fifty seven yard play. But uh, yeah, it was it was not really you know that pretty, but Texas a and pretty good. But yeah, the quarterback runs. Uh, you know, we had a listener question about that later. We'll get to that, but. Let's talk about one thing that did go right. That was the Patrick Sertain interception late in the first half. It ended up setting up a field goal uh, from Joseph Boulevard from 47 yards out. And it was a really impressive play by a guy who was a five-star recruit, top ten national recruit. And when you watch the film with that, this was Sertain's first career interception. Uh, what what did he do right there?
1: Well, it really was an impressive play. It was a really tough route that Texas m ran. Uh, They ended up having, you know, he ended up in single coverage, which was not the design of the defense. But, you know, Texan put all three receivers on one side, the tight end on the back side, and then all five receivers were released, and nobody stayed back to block. So he ended up single covered on a guy, and that guy ran a post. You know, other guys ran a divide route, a 1-3 cross. He ends up by himself on that guy because all the helps used up. And he made a great play on the ball. I mean, no doubt. It was a fantastic play. You look at how he read uh, the quarterback, and was and reading the receiver and, and really made a great play on the ball. So it was really a, it was really a great play and really impressive. And you can see why uh, I had him so highly touted last year, because he can make plays like that.
0: Yeah, Alabama remains number one, and they host Louisiana Lafayette, coached by Billy Napier on Saturday, 11 a.m., uh, on the SEC Network, another home game. So, Mark, are you gonna be able to have your crew out there on Saturday for that early kickoff?
1: Yeah, we're gonna be out there, Drew. We're gonna have our guys. We're gonna set up real early. You know, I don't think people are real thrilled how early they have to get up to get set up and ready to go. But you know, you know, being a successful businessman, you have to make sacrifices, and some of those sacrifices are having your people get up real early, even if they don't want to. But they're paid really well uh, to be out there, and I look forward to to having out there again this Saturday. And and I don't expect to, to to reach the or meet the kind of profits that we made this Saturday, but I'm hoping it's real hot again and, and people are struggling out there and really want some cool refreshment and they'll go to Dippin' Dots.
0: I hope so as well, Mark. I'm not sure if I'll be at the game or not, but uh, maybe. Hey, let's take some listener questions. We get more and more of them every week. We can't get to them all, but why don't you tell everybody how they can find you th- through Twitter mostly and also your email address.
1: Uh, You know, I love getting questions from the listeners uh, every week, and you guys uh, usually ask some really good questions. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me on at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. If you want to email me, I still use email. My email address is MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. That's M-A-R-K BreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter. I love hearing from you guys, and I love answering all your questions.
0: All right, we get a couple from Paul T. Graham on Twitter. Mark, could you critique the for, for, excuse me? Could you critique the performance of the Alabama offensive line this weekend? Do you think the line we see now will be the line throughout the season? This is obviously Jonah Williams, Lester Cotton Senior, Ross Pierce Baker. Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills Jr. from left to right? Or will the return of Matt Womack from his broken foot, you know, he started at right tackle last year, uh, will that, will him being back soon, will that juggle things?
1: I I think, honestly, Alabama has the best five guys out there on the offensive line. I don't think, you know, Matt Womack coming back is going to change anything. I just think it's a chemistry issue. You know, I just don't think they're gelling. I don't know exactly what's going on in that locker room to have them struggle so much, uh, so I, I, we might move some guys around, or they might move some guys around to get it fixed, uh, but yet something's got to be done, and I, I wish I was in that locker room to, to say, uh, to tell you what it is, and I apologize that I can't, but right now, it just doesn't look good, and they need to make some vast improvement.
0: I think so as well, and I think mostly because Jedrick Wills has done really well at tackle this year, and then Jonah Williams isn't going to get displaced. He's a top first-round NFL draft pick, so uh, I don't know how Womack, who's pretty much a tackle. Maybe he could play right guard and place a Leatherwood, or, or you know, Cotton's also a multi-year starter, but uh, I think it's going to be that five as well, and then Paul comes back with another question. Mark, why do you think Alabama's defense tends to struggle historically against quarterbacks like Kellen Mond who can tuck it and run. Because obviously Kellen Mond had about a 50-yard run on that first possession to set up their first score that tied it at seven.
1: Well, you know, it's not just Alabama that struggles historically about QBs who can tuck and run. Everybody struggles against QBs who can tuck and run. So it's not just an Alabama-specific thing. You know, we're not used to seeing – Alabama's defense struggled with really anything. So when it happens, and it has them systematically as it has done over the past few years, uh, people tend to notice that. You look at Alabama specifically in this game, the safeties, I'm not going to call them out personally, but it's 14 and 15. They just need to do a better job of containment. It's hard to do when you're a safety back there because you're taught to play the pass, or you know, read the play. If it's a run, you come up, if it's a pass, you play back. So it's a pass play, you're, you're playing back, and then the quarterback Breaks out of the park and starts running. You got to adjust it and change your direction real quickly. That can be very hard to do, and it's very difficult to read. But those guys have to do a better job of containing, and that's really, really, really where the issue is. You know, it's hard to do for safety, but if you're at Alabama, that's something that Coach Saban expects you to be able to do, and and they didn't do a very good job on it on Saturday.
0: Right on. Uh, we hear from C. Nort at CK Norton One. He tweets at Mark Jennings, and I'm not sure if this is a. I think this is more of a statement. Another note, in a day where technology has replaced hardworking people at some dip-and-dot stands with the dip-and-dot vending machines, which I saw one of those at the beach a couple weeks ago, I'm very thankful you didn't put margin above all else. As your wife says, you can't replace the personal touch Caden provides.
1: Well, I appreciate your question, Knorp. Um And you seem like a young guy, so I'm going to give you some, some, some life advice. Business is all about people. And, you know, we talk about it in dollars and cents, but those dollars and cents aren't going to come unless you make an investment in people and you take care of your workers. And there's a reason why, you know, the the workers at my course are some of the best workers around because I take care of them, and I try to take care of the people in my business. And I think it—I think the customers like being able to go up to someone who's helpful and friendly, and be able to get their order instead of you know spitting quarters into some machine or something. So uh, I appreciate the comment, Knort. uh it, But yeah, you're always whenever you're running a business, whether it be a golf course or a bowling alley or dipping Dots, you got to be able to invest in people, and that—that that, I think that's a good life lesson for all the listeners. And, and people can really learn from that. You know, you go to so many businesses these days, and, and they don't care about you. They just want your money. And those businesses always fail. But if you care about the people who are working for you and make them want to come to work every day and want them to know that they're an important part of, of the Dippin' Dots family, then you're going to go far. And that's really what's going on with my business, and, and I'm glad you noticed that, Kenork. So thank you for the question.
0: We hear from K. Dice K. D. Y. E. S. S. Twenty Seven. He asked Mark Jennings fifty five. Who would you compare Kaden to as a CEO? And he throws guys like Zuckerberg, Bezos, Tim Cook, et cetera. Is there a CEO comparison for Caden here? There,
1: there really is, and it's not somebody on that list. It really, you know, when I think of Caden, look at his business ventures and in the way he operates his business and invest in and, and as the same philosophy in investing in people like I do. He reminds me of a good friend, Jack Welch. So it's that type of personal touch that he brings. You know, I know Tim Cook pretty well. I don't think that Caden and Tim Cook have very similar styles, even though they're both very successful business people. I don't think they operate the same way. If I'm making a, uh, a CEO comparison to Caden, I'm going to say Jack Welch in the way and the success that he had in the '80s. and and 90s at GE and the way he turned that company around and made it huge. I I just think that that, that's a good comparison uh, for my current business
0: manager, Caden. Yeah, I think so as as well. I think that's a great one. Uh, GB Dawkins tweets at Mark Jennings, should UA just stop punting or is there a way to do it that doesn't involve the ball going off the foot?
1: Well, uh, unfortunately, that's the only way to punt. You know, you could – you could also drop kick the ball to where you drop it and then it hits the ground. As soon as it's coming off the ground, you, you kick it. But you can't do that for a, for a punt. That would actually count as a field goal attempt. So that really doesn't work. You know, my suggestion is, and this is something, if you know, look at the, you know, I'm really into analytics and advanced statistics. You know, teams punt way too much. You know, teams should go for it more on fourth down. I, I'm surprised Alabama doesn't go for it more on fourth down. You see, we talk about it a lot with field goals about how, you know, teams miss field goals and they should have gone for it. And, but we don't talk about a lot, you know, in the middle of the field it's the punting scenario. Well you should go for it there. I think that's what Alabama should do, especially with the how lethal their offense has been so far this year. You know, I feel much more you know, would you if it's fourth and six from your own twenty five and you punt the ball eight yards, if you go for it and you don't get it, it's really not that big of a loss. So I think Alabama should be going for it more. Why Alabama's struggling so far this year at the punter position, I think it's a lot of the fans' reaction to having such a huge drop-off from J.K. Scott, who, uh, you know, one of the best high school punters I've ever seen. And so it's no surprise he was drafted into the NFL. You know, Scott DeLong's a good player. I don't think he's an NFL punter. Um, and, and I mentioned this before in some of his technique. I think coaches need to help him with his technique. You know, he's a little nervous out there probably being a, being a young kid. And, and being a special teamer, can, you know, it's hard. It's mentally, it's very, uh, it's very exhausting. And it's very, you know, it's very, get very anxious out there. And so I, I think the coaches need to help Scholar to long they're not going to help them, I think they should just go for them every fourth down, to be real honest with you.
0: All right. And uh, Jonathan Kingsford asks Mark, uh, is Bama's running game is a little less dominant this season? Is that just a result of having a world beater passing game? Honestly, I don't think so. I, just, I think if,
1: if they didn't have two attackable clubs back there slinging the ball around, I th- still think they'd struggle. And we saw that against A&M where, you know, two was throwing the ball all over the place and had a huge game and completing all these passes. And you'd think the defense would relax some and try to play back for the pass. But you know, when Alabama tried to run the ball, they weren't very successful. So uh, that's a concern, and that needs to get fixed pretty quickly for Alabama if they're going to win a national championship this year.
0: Yeah, we hear from uh, Miller Allen, Miller Allen ninety three, and his first question about is it being is it too early to be concerned? I feel like you just addressed that, right? Or did you want to address that anymore? No, I
1: answered that earlier. It's a good okay. question, Miller, but we just answered it. So no, no yeah.
0: offense. He uh, he does have another question though. Uh, Mac Wilson and Dylan Moses appear to be very athletic linebackers. Do you expect their play to improve based on what you've seen breaking down their film, college and high school? Love the show.
1: Yeah, you know, I always expect these players to improve. You know, you play for Nick Saban on defense. He's always going to have his defensive players getting better. So I expect them to improve. I expect a lot more from Dylan. I expect Dylan Moses to improve a lot because uh, he's just, you know, playing a lot more this year, last year. He played some, but he's not playing as much as he is this year. So I expect huge improvement from him from uh, where we are right now in the season to the end of the year. We already know what Mac Wilson can do. Uh, and so I expect him to he's gonna improve and get better, but I think we'll see dramatic improvement from Dylan Moses over the course of the season.
0: Yeah, it's hard to believe that Mac Wilson's already a junior. I went to his high school several times to talk to him in the recruiting process. So we got two more questions. Nate C at Cool Sneakers sixteen. Mark, did you have time to watch any of the college football games yesterday or did you watch films all night? Well,
1: you know, I I I got a lot of stuff going on. You know, my first love is high school football and and, and high school recruiting, so I got I have to prioritize that. Um, you know, when, when I'm doing this podcast with you, Drew, so I'm making sure to watch the Alabama games, the film, uh, you know, and breaking it down. Uh, but no, I don't get a chance to watch a lot of college games. It's most mostly high school.
0: All right, and then Taylor from Sand Mountain emails mark breaks down film and he wants to know about auburn and what kind of season you expect from them you know we used to do an auburn podcast as well and v sporto was employing us but i think most of our listener base is alabama fans so we just kind of scrapped the auburn podcast and we're just talking alabama but uh obviously auburn has that special season about every three or four years but off to a uh three and one start this year the tough home loss to lsu last week nice win over washington week one Kind of so-so last night uh, in a win over Arkansas. Did cover the spread, but Arkansas was really bad. What are you expecting out of Auburn this season?
1: Well, that was, uh, you know, I, didn't, I haven't watched any of the clips uh, from the, the Auburn-Arkansas game. I did see the box score. It was a very weird box score. I believe Arkansas actually outgained Auburn on the ground, even they lost by 31 points. So that's a little bizarre. You know, Coach Malzahn's a guy, he's never going to be able to leave the offense alone. And he's not going to, uh, he doesn't, hasn't adapted very well you know, is this not in his coaching DNA to change? You know, he can't be convinced that the offensive principles that worked 10 years ago that he loves and cherishes aren't always the solution. And you look at their offense, you know, formationally they're doing some different things they did five years ago, but, but uh, you know, the the schemes and, and the plays are still the same. And the offense really hasn't changed much regardless of who the coordinator is. It's all really, it's the same stuff that Coach, uh, Coach Miles on offense has always done. And so when you look at an Auburn team, and the Coach Malzahn teams, we got to look at when are they the most successful. We got to have a really good offensive line. You got to have a quarterback that can read the base front to be a running threat, and you got to have a game changer running back. And I'm not sure they have either of those three right now. If all the answers to all those questions is yes, then they're going to have a great team. They're going to win a lot of games. But now you look at it and you say, I don't think they have the answer to any of those three questions is yes, and they're winning. Uh, but I expect really an eight and four seasons out of there, and they're going to lose four games and go to a bowl game that they really don't want to go to, and and you know maybe beat some some middle of the road Big Eight team in a bowl game, and and that's going to be it. But you have got to have all those things going, and and it's really a consequence of not being able to adapt to the modern coaching. You know, you watch a game from from six seven years ago, and 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 offense has completely changed. It's a different game. Even Coach Saban has implemented RPOs into his offense over the past three years, and he hated those three years ago. But he saws a better way to win, so that's what he does. Coach Malzahn really hasn't changed his schemes, and he's the real offensive coordinator over there. and And I think it's disappointing because I know Coach Lindsey pretty well, and I think he wants to do some different things on offense, but he can't because he has a boss that that's going to overrule him. So that's 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 where Auburn is right now, and I don't think they're going to have. Uh, uh, this, the type of success they were hoping to have this year. Let me put it that way.
0: Yeah, I don't think Auburn's offensive line is that good and, you know, can the quarterback read the base runs and be a run thing. You know, Stidham's an okay athlete. He's not quite like a Nick Marshall type or even Cam Newton, especially not like those two guys. But, uh, you know, he was able to throw well enough. And then, you know, last year they had a great offensive line and last year they had a game-changing running back with on Johnson. Not so sure. They, I don't think they have that at all this year. So, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Auburn usually has a special season about every three or four years. So maybe in 2020 or 21, they'll have a another transfer quarterback come in and lead them to a you know a special season. But we'll see. Uh, we'll get back to Alabama. Coming up, but that'll wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner Podcast featuring Mark Jennings. Please search for our podcast on iTunes. Uh, share it to your friends. Um, I'm your host, Drew Champlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Drew Champlin. Follow Mark Jennings at Mark Jennings 55 and uh, Mark, thanks again for taking some time out of your weekend to join us.
1: Drew, you know how much I love coming on your podcast and I hope we get to do it again next week and I hope you have a great week and uh, if you're out there if you're praying man Drew, pray for pray for some higher temperature for this Saturday.
0: All right, pray, praying for some higher temperatures right away right away Mark I hope your business does well.